Welcome to the High Income Business Writing Podcast, helping you propel your writing business to a whole new level. And now, here's your host, Ed Gandia. Hey there, welcome to another episode of the High Income Business Writing Podcast, the number one podcast for business writers and copywriters who want to earn more and less time doing work they love for better clients. With well over 1 million downloads from listeners just like you across 101 countries. You know, let's face it, most of us don't market ourselves as consistently as we should. We get busy with client work and putting out fires, or life just kind of happens. And before we know it, our work pipeline is completely dry. So we then go on a desperate blitz to find work, which often leads to poor decisions and unnecessary stress. Fortunately, there is a way out of this treadmill. It's all about developing a consistent marketing habit. Now, that sounds good on paper. Most people I talk to this about say, well, sure, yeah, that makes sense. But how do you make it happen in real life? And that's what my guest today is going to show you. Austin L. Church is a writer, brand strategist, and business coach. He's a good friend and a wickedly smart dude who truly understands how we can change our behavior by making simple and easy adjustments to our daily practices. And that's really what it takes. The moment the intervention is drastic and requires a ton of willpower and persistence, you run the risk of getting off track. Austin understands that, and that's why what he's going to give you here today is simple, easily implementable. Anyone can do this. He's going to show you how you can do this for your marketing and how you can finally put an end to the damaging feast or famine cycle. We're talking practical stuff. Again, you can start applying immediately. I think you're going to get a lot out of it. I hope you enjoy it. Austin, welcome back. Great to have you here. Thanks for the invitation. I love these conversations. We had some great conversations. We had a great episode that I'm going to link to here in the show notes last year. And it was one of our most popular episodes in 2021. And I'm excited to talk with you today about something else. You know, for those who don't know about you, haven't heard of you, why don't you give us a bit about Austin's story and uh, how you got here, what you do today. Sure. So I had a brief stint at a marketing agency that ended in April 2009. I've been freelancing ever since. I thought I was going to be a college English professor. I had no background in business or marketing. And so everything that I've learned about being a freelancer and consultant and about marketing has really come through trial and error. So I've been a freelance writer and a brand strategist now for over 13 years, which is hard to believe. And like I said, my education has been in the school of hard knocks or the electrical outlet receive a shock. That's the mm, that's a good one. Education I've had. And so now I still do freelance writing work. I do a lot of brand consulting. All of that kind of falls under the umbrella of a fractional CMO that's leader and strategist for particularly e-commerce brands. 
who need help with you know formalizing all of their marketing and their brand too. And then meanwhile, on the freelance cake side, I do a fair amount of coaching and then I have several courses and other training products. Very cool. So kind of a very diverse business with diverse services and audiences. I like it. I want to talk with you today about marketing. And I know that, you know, especially what you just said, marketing was not something you were born with. <laughs> Sounds like a disease, right? Uh, you <laughs> were not a little disease known as marketing. That's right. You were not a born marketer. You had to learn this school of hard knocks. I'm curious how important has solid marketing been over the past 13 years in your business growth? So I'll flip it a little bit and say the times when I was not marketing consistently and was not seeing the business growth that I wanted, the root problem was inconsistency with marketing. I'm not going to sit here and tell you or anyone who may listen to this eventually that I have been consistent with marketing all 13 of those years. I have been very susceptible to that belief or script. Oh, I'm too busy for marketing right now, right? Like you hustle to try to get freelance projects. And then when you finally get what you want and you're flush with work, well, what's the first thing to go? What's the first thing to slide? And for me, it was marketing. And so. That's when I would get stuck in those feast or famine cycles, right? I was on that roller coaster. And eventually, you know, you realize I don't want to keep hurting the same way. I know I'm always going to have problems in my business, but it might be nice to have a new set of problems rather than that same sort of upheaval when, oh crap, I haven't done hardly anything with my marketing. And now my freelance work is drying up. And how funny is it that you can go from like a record month to one of your tiniest months in a long time? And that's just, I think freelancers still want and need stability. So if you're thinking, well, where does that stability come from? I don't just want to resign myself to the feast or famine roller coaster. How do I flatten that and have more predictable growth? It's always going to come back to marketing. And those of us who have a background in the arts or liberal arts often think that, well, my work should just speak for itself. And maybe it does, but there's so much noise in the market now. Can anyone hear your work speaking for mm -hmm. itself? So my mantra now is I want to make myself the easy, obvious choice for my dream clients. And in order for them to know I exist and to want to work with me, I have to market consistently. There's no way around it. So that's the conclusion I've come to after 13 years worth of like, hey, maybe I could get away with not putting myself out there. I've just learned that's not realistic. You've got to put yourself out there consistently. I can definitely relate. I know one of the biggest reasons that my coaching clients and you know just people I correspond with say they're not marketing is the time. It's like, mm -hmm. man, I, I'm just so slammed. Like you said, it's the first thing to go. But I would also say that marketing is the one area 
were writers, copywriters, marketing strategists, just flat out tell me and admit they either hate, dislike, or just <laughs> procrastinate on. You know, why sure. do you think that is? I mean, like sometimes it's a time factor, but let's face it, uh, very commonly it's just dislike mm-hmm. for having to do it. I think because it's very uncomfortable for us, right? I think we have a lot of head trash surrounding, well, I don't want to be the type of person who needs attention. Maybe you grew up in a family where wanting or needing attention was this bad quality, bad trait. But if you're in business and you rely on getting clients online, then you have to get attention. And to get attention, you have to put yourself out there. So there are sort of the functional challenges of how do I do this well? But then there are the mental hurdles that we have to overcome to actually believe that it's a good thing to put yourself out there. Right? It can feel vulnerable at first. You feel like, well, I don't want to stick out. I don't want to be tacky. So it's just hard. It's hard to shift into a new gear if your entire life you've not wanted to stick out. Then now suddenly an Ed Gandia comes along or an Austin Church comes along and we're like, hey, you really need to start putting yourself out there. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Paradigm shift is not quite that easy, right? And so that's what's really at stake here is the paradigm shift of, hey, if I'm a growth-minded freelancer and I want to see my income go up and I have a certain lifestyle in mind, then I have to become good at marketing. And therefore, I have to give myself permission and say, it is right and good that I learn marketing. And that's hard for some of us, right? And corresponding to that, why aren't we consistent with marketing, even if we know we should be or must be in order to achieve our long-term goals? comes down to confidence. I'm not sure what I should do. I am short on time, but... I'm not sure which marketing activities will be the most beneficial for me. So there are some knowledge gaps. There are some confidence gaps. There's the squishiness with the old paradigm versus the new paradigm. And I think all three of those factors conspire against us to keep us in this place of, well, maybe I can just get enough referrals. Maybe I can get enough repeat business. But even with referrals, most of my coaching clients don't ask for them consistently. So there's just a whole lot of hope, a whole lot of wishes, but not a clear and actionable plan. And that, I think, is the missing piece for a lot of freelancers. You don't have to have this big, you know, ornate, grandiose marketing plan. It's just 15-minute schedulable I'm not sure that's a word. (laughs) (laughs) 15-minute activities you can actually assign to a morning, a Tuesday morning, and satisfy yourself that, okay, I've done my marketing and now I'll actually go over here and finish that client project or do my bookkeeping or whatever. So we have a lot of things working against us, but all of those things we can overcome. You know, I related to what you said. I find that a lot of people were brought up to believe that marketing or what you have to do to market yourself, it's not just a confidence thing, but that's boasting. Mm -hmm. That is bragging. 
And you're not supposed to do that. So it's beyond, I think it goes beyond vulnerability, right? It's like, no, that is bad. You're not supposed to talk about yourself and how good you are. So there's Mm -hmm. that. And another common one I hear is a lot of people, and I hate to say this because this is not just me. Okay. This has been shown in research, especially women have a very difficult time with marketing because they don't feel that they check all the boxes. Mm-hmm. You know, and unless I have all these credentials and all this experience and, you know, all these samples in this one area, I am not going to market myself because I don't check all the boxes. Again, it's men and women. I feel but like an expert, you know. So yeah, I don't feel like an expert. It's disingenuous for me to pose as an expert. Right? Exactly. And I think you're right. There's that imposter syndrome that is just hamstringing you, right? Really holding you back. And, you know, at this point, I have sort of catchphrases and true statements and affirmations that I'll give my clients because what's crazy is how common in men and women the same sort of limiting beliefs are. It's like they're pretty easy to predict. And I know with your coaching clients, you probably at this point hide a smile when they're like, oh, I'm just too busy for marketing. You're like, how can you possibly be too busy for marketing, right? The work you've got is going to dry up eventually. And then what? Or yeah, yeah, I just... I don't really know enough yet to start talking about what I know online. And you're like, yep, I've heard that one before. Right. And so when it comes to that paradigm shift, upgrading those limiting beliefs, one of the things I will say is to be the expert, you only have to be one lesson ahead. So yes, you may know other freelance writers who know 10 times more about SEO than you do. But there are clients out there who really need your help, who know a third as much about SEO as you do. So oftentimes, when we're about to like, okay, I need to start writing about this, posting about this, whatever. Well, I'm worried that I will be criticized by a colleague, right? And there's always that risk. But in my experience, there are many more people who will say, thank you so much. This post you wrote about SEO was so helpful. You cleared up something. So I have gotten much more positive feedback on my marketing than I expected, in part because it's easy to forget what it's like to not know what you now know. So you are somebody's expert, Ed. No. Totally. Um, But it's like, you're somebody's expert. And so sort of like, okay, yeah, there are people who know more, but don't deny other people the breakthrough or transformation that can happen when you share what you know in your voice, with your stories and your humor and your examples and metaphorical language and all that, right? You can serve people. And if you don't put yourself out there, then those people don't get served. Totally. Totally. To an, I've always heard, you know, to a ninth grader, uh, to a sixth grader, a ninth grader is a really big kid. They're in middle school, you're in high school. And the other That's one right. is don't compare yourself to others, compare yourself to your past self. That's, That's right. That's another good one. You know, it's like, hey, you've come a long way. So let's talk about how we can kind of start breaking this cycle because this, 
you're really big on the fact that this doesn't have to be like an overnight thing. You know, you're not like mm-hmm. Tony Robbins saying, as soon as you leave this room, you're going to be able to, you know, do all these things. You're saying, look, this is entirely possible. We got to take kind of a different approach. Let's start with the liking, okay? Or the at least that, you know, making it tolerable or start working your way to it. How can you actually start enjoying or learning to enjoy marketing? So you actually kind of like actually don't mind doing it, Mm -hmm. you know, as opposed to hating it and avoiding it? So one of the things is just to make it smaller, right? It Mm -hmm. grows into this impossible undertaking in our minds. So what is your minimum viable marketing? And I already mentioned this, and how can you break it down into discrete 15-minute tasks? So one of the things I recommend right out of the gate is have a little lead tracker. You can think of it as a CRM, you know, customer relationship management in a Google Sheet and put all of the, your clients in there, right? Have them all in one place. It's surprisingly easy to forget the names of people who've given you money in the past. Mm-hmm. It's surprisingly easy to fall out of touch with them. So every Monday, I get into my lead tracker or my CRM and I just look at the names of people who have not heard from me in a while. And I will reach out and I'll say, Hi, I was thinking about you this morning. (laughs) Side note, you don't have to say that you were thinking about them because you're doing your marketing, right? (laughs) But this is one of the three R's, which are repeat business referrals and relationships, right? If you think about repeat business, You've got to stay top of mind. So every few months, every three months, reach out to your past client and just say, Hi, you know, what's good in your life? That's one of my favorite questions. Like, what's going on? How are you? Right. Very short, very basic email, but it helps you stay top of mind. You're not going to follow through with that if you don't have a simple and sturdy tool, like just a list of your past clients. Now, I will also track when is the last time I reached out to them. I'll put in the date. Yes, I get it like a CRM and I've used Pipedrive in the past. But a CRM, you can automate some of this stuff. But if we're talking about minimum viable marketing and baby steps, anybody can create a simple spreadsheet where you list out your clients, you list out the last date you contacted them, and then you can even assign a new date, make it a different color, highlight it, green whatever. But, oh, I'm going to reach out to Ed again on December 12th. right? And so I do this every Monday, like clockwork. Monday, I call it future money. Mondays are future money days for me where I'll just reach back out to people that who have already given me money because they are that much more likely to give me more money, assuming I didn't bomb the project, which usually I don't. But minimum viable marketing... We'll start with those three R's. Repeat business, referrals, new relationships. So the second one, referrals, have a template, an email template that you use to ask for referrals. Going back to that confidence thing we talked about, I'm never sure what to say when asking for referrals. I don't want to come across as needy. We have all of these objections that we're dealing with, all this friction in our minds. I'm like, okay, fine. Have a template that has language you're really comfortable with. 
right? Hey, I loved working with you. The project went really well. Has anyone in your life recently said anything like this? And then I have a bullet point list of how the people who have the problems that I solve, how they articulate those problems. Oh, our messaging is all over the place. Or, you know, our business has grown a lot, but our positioning and our value proposition hasn't quite caught up to the growth, right? How do they describe the problems? You know, so I've actually started asking for introductions rather than referrals. Is there anyone in your life who has articulated a problem like this? If so, I'd love an introduction. I'm not looking to create projects where there are none, but I love meeting new people, growing my network, right? And that leads to the third R, which is relationships. Are you constantly meeting new people who could potentially one day give you a project, right? The reason a lot of freelancers don't get enough work to truly sustain the lifestyle they want and get them the income they want is because they don't know enough people, right? Many of us are introverts. And I'm not saying I am. I'm kind of on the line. But you don't necessarily love putting yourself out there. But I'm telling you, there's a direct correlation between the total number of potential referral partners you have and hitting that income target and getting the lifestyle that you want. So in very basic terms, do you know enough people? Meet one or two new people a week, online or offline. Are you asking for referrals one or two weeks after a project wraps up? Using a template that is pre-written so it's easy to customize and send, right? And are you keeping in touch with your past clients by sending them very casual, how are you or what's up emails every three months or so? Those three baby steps, I'm telling you, that could get you most of the way there with your marketing. But you have to be regimented with it. Maybe just do it on Mondays like I do. So we're talking about what I'm hearing big picture is start small and have baby steps within your process, right? Simple, discrete things you can do within that time frame. And I heard two things under small. You know, start with one day a week and start with a 15-minute appointment with yourself, 100%. right? Yeah. And then know cuz I know a lot of people, I know I'm guilty of this. You okay, great. I'm here at my desk. I'm supposed to spend 15 minutes on marketing. What now? So that's why you say, look, have a list of the things you will do so you don't have to spend 10 minutes trying to figure out what you're going to do in five minutes doing it. Mm -hmm. Right. So That's don't right. waste the and, time. Or even you start to write that referral request or introduction request email, and then you stall out and you're like, God, I just sounds so needy. And you start to psych yourself out. But if you have some simple tools, a list of past clients, a referral or introduction request email, and then a day of the week when you're just going to send a handful of these emails, it really doesn't take that long. Mm -hmm. So when my coaching clients or other freelancers say, I don't have time for marketing, I'm like, you can't afford to not market. The best time for marketing is when you have no time for marketing. You just haven't taken the time on a Saturday morning or whenever to create a few simple tools that will just 
make it easier on you for years, right? For Once you have that referral request email template or introduction request email template, you don't really have to mess with it again. It can last you 10 years, right? So amass that little toolkit and then you really can mark off some of your key marketing activities in 15 minutes or less. I will add something else. The first two or three Mondays are going to be dedicated to creating that toolkit. Bingo. Right? Bingo. And it's like if you... I'm sure, Ed, you've got some of this stuff published online too. But I have my referral request email template in a blog post. So if you search Austin L. Church referral request email template, you should find it with Mm -hmm. relative ease. So you don't even have to create your own tools from scratch. Find someone whose perspective you trust, steal their tools, right? Hand over your email address, get the tool, customize it, and you should be ready to rock and roll in like 17 minutes. You're writers, right? So you can grab their templates, Make them your own and great. You have it every Monday for the next seven and a half years. That's your first task. That's your first Monday. That's that's what I love about this. It's like you don't have to start on Monday, you know, with a full upper body workout. Your first Mm -hmm. Monday is going to be to meet with your trainer (laughs) and put the plan together. You know, like that's what we're trying to do here. Because I think there is value in easing into this as long as, of course, look, after you create it, let's not keep creating additional things. Let's get to work. And it's when we're not confident and we're maybe reluctant to get serious about marketing, one of the ways that we deceive ourselves into thinking we're productive is by even like going to learn about marketing or chasing some shiny new platform or tactic. It's like 99% of the people who will listen to this conversation do not need to go start a TikTok account. Mm -hmm. Right? You just need to start by following up with your past clients. Keep in touch with them. Ask them, you you were wonderful. Who else like you might I like to have a conversation with? You know? Would you be willing to introduce me to one or two people you think I might like? Doesn't even have to be presumably so that they can give you a a project one day. Who do you know that I might like? Right. And then sure enough, they'll be like, you know what? I was just talking about you the other day to so and so. So you got to keep in touch to even spark ideas for them. No one out there is sitting around thinking, you know what? How can I send Austin business today? Right. Yeah. Justin Welsh, a guy I follow on LinkedIn, he's like, you've got to promote yourself because no one else is going to promote you. And I think he's right. Right. Like no one else can take your career as a freelancer more seriously than you do. If marketing is the engine for growth, you know, you got to like take that seriously, but start with 15 minute tasks. What would you say? What I'm hearing from you is, okay, you start small, you have it all prepared, you know exactly what you need to do. What that does is it gets you ever so close to where the rubber meets the road, which is going to be now start executing Mm -hmm. this plan. But there's still a bit of a gap, right? There's still that bit of a, well, like you said, I need to maybe learn a little bit more. Maybe I need to open a TikTok account or maybe I need to look into you know, LinkedIn audio what do you have like a little trick or tool or is it just a, hey man, just do it 
when you get to that point and just the nerves, you know, start mm-hmm. hitting you. And what do you tell yourself? How do you psych yourself up? So one of the first things I do is I make it easier on myself. And the way that I do that is by making it a habit. I do it the same time every day. It's sort of like if you know that you need to spend more time at the gym, put out your shorts and your sneakers the night before. It's that sort of thing. Like, What are these little barriers that prevent you from doing what you know is healthy for you? And how can you remove certain barriers to just make it easier to follow through? So that's why I have adopted a morning marketing habit. I do it in the morning. So there's no chance for me to procrastinate. It's marketing. Mm -hmm. And then I've made a habit of it. So each morning... I have assigned to a Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever specific habits. I shouldn't even say habits. I should say specific tasks. Mm -hmm. So typically, because I send out an email every single Friday, on Monday, I outline the newsletter for that week. I've got to outline it before I can write it. So that doesn't take long. And it's actually enjoyable. So when you think about like the dread or like, psyching yourself out or stalling out, right? Try to do it the same time every day. Go into the day knowing what the tasks are. Oh, Mondays are the days where I pick people to contact. Tuesdays are the day where I write the email draft. Wednesdays are the day where I fire off the emails. Thursdays are the day where I batch write several LinkedIn posts for the following week. And then Fridays are the day where I add to my list of clients in my target audience, dream clients. And I will add 5 to 10 new dream clients to a spreadsheet so that now I have some cold outreach opportunities So it's like just a little bit every day to get that flywheel going, but you have to turn it into a habit. And because in the past, I did have such a tendency to procrastinate, it was really helpful for me to say, Oh, this is how I start my day. This is my marketing is now a part of my startup ritual. And after like creating that morning marketing habit, I've hit a lot more days than I've missed, if that makes Mm, sense. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of uh, James Clear's uh, Four Laws of Habit Development. You know, what I'm hearing a lot from you is the make it obvious law, which I think make is the first easy. one. Make it obvious. That's right. Make it obvious. You know exactly what Tuesdays are about. And it's the first task in the morning and it's at 8 o'clock or whatever. That consistency. I know for me, what that does is it takes the emotion out of the process. This is just how you start your day. It's like, Making coffee is not emotional for me. I do it every morning. So yes. I just like grind the beans and then measure it out and get the water and get the coffee maker started. And if you already know going into any given Tuesday what the steps are, like you said, it doesn't have to be emotional. It's just like, oh yeah, like I write an email or two. That's actually why, like, because so many of us have feelings about introduction or referral requests, or even writing cold outreach emails to new clients, because that brings up all the feelings. That's one reason I recommend 
write the emails on one day when you know you're not going to send them because mm. then it doesn't have to be emotional. You're not worried yet about how it's going to be received. You give yourself a chance to edit it before you fire it off. You don't actually call Donald Daisy. I've done that before. I've gotten in a rush and you send a cold email and you're like, I literally used the wrong name. Yikes. <laughs> Instant delete on their end. And then yeah. sure enough, that's when you fumble the habit because you're embarrassed about some mistake you made. So yeah, make it obvious, make it easy. And I'll also say the reason I show up a lot on LinkedIn is because I like to write. The reason I don't show up on TikTok is because I don't enjoy short form video. I see the opportunity, but I just don't enjoy it. So try to leverage or default to your strengths. I'm guessing if you're listening to this, it's because you're a writer. That's why you found Ed's podcast, High Income Business Writing, right? So focus on the marketing activities that let you play to your strengths. I love that. And you'll enjoy it more. I love that. I think... Okay. I'm not going to give you my thought. I'd, I'd like to get this from you. When you think about developing this habit, you've shared some great ideas here. But what do you feel as you work with coaching clients, as you put this information out there, you guide people through this and from your own experience, what is the hardest part of developing that habit? I really do think it's the mindset. It's worrying that you're going to get on people's nerves. Mm -hmm. I can count on no fingers how many people have castigated me for getting in touch with them. How dare you send me this cold email? As much as we sort of rail against email spam, people love email as long as it creates value for them or is entertaining or is informative or gives them a new idea or a new perspective, or gives them a compliment. People hate bad emails and they love good emails. And also, there are people out there who really, really need your help. And they're not going to be able to find you unless you make it easy. So we really need that those mindset shifts. So that we're like, Oh, like I don't need to think about marketing as sticking out like a sore thumb. I need to think about marketing as making it easy for people who really need my help to find me. And then it can actually be like this joyful process because you're playing to your strengths. You're not overloading yourself with marketing tasks at first. Like I enjoy writing my LinkedIn posts. I do it every weekday. It's not like someone... It's not pulling teeth. No one's twisting my arm. I like writing. It's fun. Mm -hmm. And I actually have some mental relief. There's less stress because I'm like, cool. I made my little daily deposit in the marketing piggy bank today. Right? Yeah. So I actually have a lot more peace of mind when I move on to client work or other activities, other projects, because I know I'm not robbing my future self. I made that deposit this morning to get my future self paid. That feels great. And so yeah, I'm like, you know, singing songs, Disney princess, the rest of my day, right? Because I did that thing. It's like when I work out in the morning, I'm like, okay, I made that investment in my health, my family. It feels good. Right? Yeah. So that's what I would say is like, you have to reframe it as people out there really need my help. 
marketing is how I connect with them. And I'm just going to make it really small and manageable until I build the muscle. To speaking about making that deposit. So there is something that I do to complete the cycle and to really just emphasize how important this is because the deposit feels great. But for me, you know, it feels even better knowing that those deposits are compounding. Mm-hmm. So it's the dollar today will be hundreds, if not thousands of dollars down the road. That's right. And if you tell yourself that, I know it works for me. So I don't know. I'm just putting this out there. It's not just that daily deposit. It's the fact that you're creating a compounding effect mm-hmm. that your future self is going to love you for. And I love my future self. And, you know, future Ed is, you know, he's wonderful and, and I want to take <laughs> care of him. So that feels good because, you know, if it were linear, that's good. But if I know that it's compounding, mm-hmm. that's, that's even better. And this marketing habit definitely does that. So as we wrap this up, I know that you have a wonderful program to help people with this, develop, create this habit, develop this habit, actually make it happen. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I got tired of constantly talking about this and not having a place to point people who are like, you know what? I think I may need this morning marketing habit you're talking about. So I finally just created 30 lessons. And it won't surprise you that they're really short because I'm like, hey, we're all busy. So it's 30 really short lessons with an assignment each day. And the idea is that if you do a little something each weekday, so it's kind of like a six-week course where mm-hmm. Monday through Friday, you you know put in your little deposit, take the weekends off. I do. I don't do any marketing on the weekend, right? But it's called Morning Marketing Habit. You know, we can put the link in or whatever if people are interested. But yeah, it's we'll put it in the show notes. Small, manageable, build the habit. The habit, to your point, Ed, is what has the compound interest on it. And once you've got the habit, it does become easier over time. It's not quite the mental lift every day to just like, oh, like it's easy for me to publish LinkedIn posts at this point because I've posted just about every single workday this year. So that's what I want for people. What is the one habit that I believe could pay off exponentially for any freelancer? That habit would be a morning marketing habit. So I have a course for that. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We'll put that link in the show notes. And I want to make sure folks know where to also learn about you, your work, podcasts, emails. Where can I send people? Sure. Thanks. Freelancecake.com. That's where a lot of my stuff lives. And also come say hi on LinkedIn. I'm there a lot. I interact a lot. I post a lot. I try to encourage and support and inspire a lot. So Austin L. Church on LinkedIn. Uh, Come say hi. Awesome. Thank you, Austin. I encourage everyone to check out his stuff. Not only do I believe in your content, but we'll become good friends as a result of you know just learning about you and reading your content. And it's just absolutely wonderful. So check it out, guys. And Austin, thank you so much for offering your wisdom and sharing these ideas with us. I know this is going to be very helpful for people. Thanks for the opportunity. It was a pleasure as it always is. 
Well, that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And just a quick reminder to grab your free copy of my latest book, Earn More in Less Time, The Proven Mindset, Strategies, and Actions to Prosper as a Freelance Writer. You can get your free copy at b2blauncher.com, or you will also find the detailed show notes to this and all my other episodes. Enjoy and have a great day. Thank you.